What is up, everybody, and welcome to episode five of Against the Current Podcast. My name is Rudy Garcia, and I'm happy to be back. Actually, the last two weeks, those were pre-recorded episodes. I've been on my honeymoon. Uh, I just got married two weeks ago, um, and I just pre-recorded two episodes really to give me time and um, just give me the space to do what I had to do to get married and be on the honeymoon and enjoy um, and not have to worry about, um, you know, stopping and recording an episode and stuff. But I'm back. Um, I'm actually recording this Sunday night. Uh, when you guys hear this, it'll be uh, Monday. But um, yeah, man, I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to record some episodes again. I'm, I'm excited to, to talk to you guys again. Um, uh, but we're going to kick, uh, you know, pick up where we left off last week. Um, again, simple breakdown. If you're new, welcome. If if you're a recurring listener, if you've listened to me before, welcome back. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, and I'm glad you're back. Uh, hopefully, um, I'm interesting enough to to keep you guys coming back. And if you're new, you know, welcome. And just a quick breakdown of what we do here. Uh, there's four topics that I talk about. Four topics that I'm passionate about. Um, the first one is creativity, then health and fitness, then it's culture and current events, and then it's scripture. Um, so we just I just go one by one talking about it, and um, just a little bit of transparency in the middle. I do have a little ad break. Um, you know, it helps with it's an extra little source of of income it helps any any listen helps so if you guys want if you guys can if um if it's something you guys want to do share this share the podcast as much as you can um let's try to grow this little this little community uh, as much as possible uh, again um if you want to have your voice heard if you want to talk to me if you want to have any type of communication with me um my twitter is at rudy garcia um and it's spelled a little weird. It's at R-U-D-Y-G-V-R-C-I-V. Um, that's R-U-D-Y-G-V-R-C-I-V. Uh, and that's my Twitter. You can follow me on there. You can DM me. You can at me. I'm, I'm really not uh, scared of anything. You know, just go ahead and <clears throat> really send or say anything you want to say. Let's start a conversation. Um, and let's grow a little, a little community. Why not? You know? Um, so today we're going to kick it off like we always do with creativity and I'm really just going to talk about and, and really explore what do I think a good story is and what do I think a good book slash books series is. So, um, I'm exploring this question because I, if you haven't, if you haven't known yet, if you haven't heard yet, I am an author, an aspiring author. I'm working on my first novel, on my first series. Um, so, you know, I like to process certain questions I have in my head that I need to answer with you guys. And one of them is, what do I think a good story is? Um, and then by extension, what do I think a good book slash a book series is? You know, what do I think a good book series is? Um, and it's very simple. A good story, a good book is, I mean, of course, a complete story or something that tells a complete story, you know, beginning, middle and end it has a conflict, it has a climax has a, and it has a resolution, you know, um, but a good book, a good story, there's different layers, you know, there's different to me. It isn't like this, just one layer thing where it's about this romance or it's about this and and it's very loosely sprinkled about other things it's it's complex it's like real life um there's different levels and there's different complexities and there's different things that that go into it man a little gassy just got back from my wife's birthday party um ate a little bit uh not the best we'll talk about that later but 
you know it is what it is so a good story has uh, real elements of real life to me a good book um, is is something that isn't just telling a story but you can actually um, you know see yourself in the main character and someone in the book or you can actually uh, draw some type of lesson or some type of something you know you you gain something from reading the book more than just reading a story you know you you learn something you gain some knowledge you you learn something about yourself you learn something about others um and i think that's what i'm trying to do with the books that i write and I just think a good series, I think that answer is a little bit simpler. A good series is a series that as a whole is good, right? But each individual book stands on its own. I don't like these modern book series that as a whole, you know, they're, they're decent, they're okay. But individually, each book really falls short if you look at it as an individual book. Like you need every other book in the series for uh, the book the books to actually be good um i have a goal with my series that each individual book stands on its own and is good on its own it doesn't need the series to be a good book a good completed piece um but overall the series as a whole is is really a masterpiece and i guess that's just you know i'm not gonna go into it and start writing these books without the mentality of you know making a masterpiece because that's the only way you do anything good um and it's not like this pride where oh i'm an amazing author and i'm gonna of course i'm gonna write a masterpiece no i'm i'm not an amazing author i just started you know this is my first work you know and i've been working on one book for three years close to four but it's the mentality of excellence and I think that isn't seen a lot. And I, and I know a lot of it is um, the labels and not labels like it's music, the, the publishers and stuff like that, you know, demanding certain things. But um, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm still um, optimistic, but we'll see. We'll see how things go in the, into the future. But I, I do, it, it is a goal of mine to to make sure that each book individually stands on its own um and the series it's is just a series of books that are amazing that make one unique uh, masterpiece so um a good book it, like i was saying you know it's it's intriguing and it's inclusive and it really challenges you. It makes you think. It, it it gets you mad. It causes some sort of reaction. Um, literature, you know, like like literature of old. Um, it said something. It didn't just tell a story, but it said something. Um, you know, Wuthering Heights or Brave New World or A Never Ending Story or. Um, Man, I'm blanking on a whole bunch of amazing books. You know, uh, Narnia, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. You know, uh, Lord of the Rings. These books didn't weren't just epic adventures, although, you know, they were epic adventures. There was so much behind them. There was layers behind them that were so interesting and so eh, amazing. You know, um, and that's not to say people that write books nowadays, it's an easy thing because it isn't any type of writing a book is, is difficult. Um, but I, I do want to go that extra, that extra bit and really, um, focus on writing a piece of literature i guess i guess simply put that's my goal i want to write a piece of literature not just 
a book or a story i want to write you know uh long story short you know that's what i think a, a good book is a good story um and then you know a good book series something that is complete that is a whole you know um that each piece tells a cohesive complete story but you know when you look at the whole picture in itself it creates this beautiful beautiful uh, uh, mosaic piece of of art like this quilt of 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 story um that's just beautiful and individual pieces stand out but you know it all adds to the to the whole work um i'm really excited to 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 release this book um if you guys want to um follow at all the progress of the book um i do have a website rudygarciabooks.com rudygarciabooks.com um it just has a quick little bio of who i am uh the information of the book just uh, a simple little little quote and a little picture of, of the book and the title and all the way in the bottom you can see you can subscribe you can subscribe to my email subscription list and all, all that does is add you to my uh email subscription so i can email you some information um keep you in and keep in contact with you specifically about the book um updates on the book and um, any future plans revolving the book and stuff like that so if you want to check that out it's rudy garcia books so now we're going to move on to health and fitness and i wanted to explore and i think i may have touched on it i may have t- spoken about it but i I'm, i want to explore this concept of uh, why it's not a diet or it should be a life a life change you know why you shouldn't think of it as a diet for six months why it, it should be a life change um and then also really explore quote-unquote current diet culture slash real life and why i I don't like that uh little little quote but um you know why it's not a diet why should it be a life change long story short we break diets you know we break diets all the time we we get on a diet for in our minds six months and i'll lose this much weight and this and that and three weeks in we're breaking it hard you know and then we let it go and then we pick it up again and then we let it go and then we pick it up again and then we let it go so um i think it should be a life change because that way in your head and what you're telling yourself is that this is just how i live now this is me now you know i i i do this now i eat this way now i work out this like this now it's just part of my life and it's not gonna end it's not gonna stop which actually makes it easier to get back on the wagon when you when you fall off right so um if it's a diet you're like oh i ruined the diet i need to start all over again six months start from the beginning because i ruined it but when it's a lifestyle you know you fall off the wagon you get back up and this is how you're gonna live the rest of your life so let's just get back on it right there's no restarting you're just going forward um so you know there's no other way around it there's no escape from it you know when it's a lifestyle it's just what you do now it's it's your life now so that's why i think it shouldn't your your mentality isn't shouldn't be it's just a diet for six months it it needs to be that you're going to change your life this is you're a different person now you do things differently now um that's you know that's what i had to do that's what i did um i i stopped being the guy that ate a lot and i started being just i eat keto now i'm the guy that eats keto i'm the keto guy i'm the keto guy and the guy that works out every week you know that's just what i had to become in my mind to to express it in reality 
you know, there was no other way around it. So, um, and I think that's, that's the secret or the key. I'll put it like that. That's the key to success when it comes to weight loss. It's, it's in the mind. Tell yourself in your mind that you are a new person. You are the person that looks the way you want to look. You can't, you can't in your mind not transform and then expect to see any type of results. You have to change your mind. You have to transform your mind to become in your mind the person you want to be in your body. You have to change your mind. Um, and then this whole current, uh, like, quote unquote, the diet culture in real life, I've seen it being used as an excuse a lot, really. Um, calling diet culture bad because they call eating KFC a bad thing and then real life you know the positive because you know it's the real life of course sometimes you're going to go eat some KFC and you know if you don't have a goal set in your mind of course if you don't have determination of course you know you're going to it's real life, you know, you you can't, that's not a real expectation, it's not a real expectation because you don't decide to make it a real expectation, if you have determination, if you have drive, if you have a strength of will, you can tell yourself, I'm not going to eat KFC, and you make sure you don't, it's not about diet culture being negative, a negative thing or people's feelings being hurt it's man if you messed up and you fell and you ate KFC you messed up and you fell and you fell off the wagon hard okay get back up and try again tomorrow that's not excusing that you did something no you messed up don't live in it though move on and move forward but just to save feelings we can't Excuse. Oh, no, it's okay. It's real life. Of course, it's real life. Of course, you can eat this and this and KFC here and McDonald's there. It's real life. It's okay. No, it isn't okay. You messed up. You broke it. You ate unhealthy when your goal was to eat healthy and lose weight. But that's okay. Start again tomorrow. Don't let that one day of failure ruin your goal. It's a setback, not failure. Failures when you let yourself stay down. Failures when the following day you eat McDonald's again. And the following day you eat McDonald's again. That's failure. You just tripped up. Don't let that trip up become the constant. Get back up and move forward again. And be better tomorrow. And be better the next day. And be better the next day. We need to experience failure in our life. And it's okay to call it failure. When you fail, it's okay to call it failure. You should call it failure. You're doing nothing good for yourself by calling it real life or, hey, it's okay. Hey, it's not okay. Don't stay there, though. Get back up and move forward. You failed. But tomorrow, you don't have to. It's that simple. The life isn't black and white either. It's good or it's bad. No. Life isn't also about this grayness. Life isn't about colors. Life is so much more complicated than that. And life... Listen. This walk with with health and fitness... And it's very simple. It's, it's, it actually is very simple. Find a goal. Stick to it you mess up acknowledge that you messed up and keep chasing after your goal it's really that simple change your mind and your body will follow stop finding excuses for yourself stop looking for excuses for yourself and if you have a goal achieve it and if you're not going to accept it and stop whining and stay the way you are But accept the fact that you are unhealthy. Accept the fact that you are not 
in the, the you're not the best version of yourself except the fact of what you are and it is what it is and there's an, and, and it's a negative thing it really is a negative thing to be unhealthy is a negative thing but if you're not going to do anything to change it then accept it but it is a negative thing and I will drive you and I will um, beg you and, and, and tell you you should you should try your damn hardest to change it because being unhealthy is a negative and the biggest sign of unhealthiness is overweightness is obesity so if you're obese if you're overweight you either accept that you are or change it and I advise strongly that you change it because being overweight is a negative it is a negative your value doesn't change you're not any less valuable you're still a human being and your and your value is equal to everyone else you're not any less of a human being but you are unhealthy it's that simple it's not it's not rocket science it isn't i'm not sitting here offending you and on purpose offending you if you get offended that's you know your own choice which getting offended is a choice you have the choice to not get offended it's that simple don't be offended but if you want to change something about yourself simply change it don't look for excuses don't look for ways out don't accept any excuses and simply change it but you have to want it to see any type of results you have to want it and you have to change your mind you have to accept failure as part of the path as part of the journey and keep getting back up and taking the next step forward and taking the next step forward don't take one don't let one step back become the new norm if you take one step back take five forward but there needs to be constant progress forward in anything you do in life with health and fitness with your career plans with school with your walk with Christ with anything it needs to be constant forward pressure even if it's one step today 10 steps tomorrow half a step constant forward pressure constant forward pressure now we are moving on to culture and current events So, culture and current events. Um, Very simple. I'm just going to get right into it because it is, again, very hot topic. Every time um, this topic comes around, it's just a hot button issue. The coronavirus death counts are fake. They're too high. They're elevated um, and they're faking that number. Um, There's multiple studies that show that at least more or less it's 25% over what it should be the death count Um, they're they're counting every death every single death of somebody that has the coronavirus or died because of the coronavirus they're counting both there's a difference someone that died with the coronavirus and someone that died because of the coronavirus that's two different things they're counting both things as one right so for example, someone who dies that has the coronavirus, let's just say someone is driving, gets in a car accident, very bad car accident, they show up to the hospital, while they're sick, they get tested because it's, you know, where we're at, so boom, they have coronavirus, you can see that they have coronavirus, 
but they die because of the car crash. That death is counted as a coronavirus death, as opposed to someone that has the coronavirus, was fine, got infected with the coronavirus, and the coronavirus killed them. That, of course, is a coronavirus death. Well, they're counting both as a coronavirus death. And they're showing that there is about 25% of the total coronavirus deaths that we see now, 25% of that number, is actually someone who died with the coronavirus, not because of. So, um, now, I don't know why they would do something like this. Um, I've heard a lot of theories. I've heard a lot of thing, a lot of reasons why um, hospitals are getting... Um, monetary incentives and and help for every coronavirus patient um it is an election year so maybe you know this whole you know against donald trump thing um to make him look bad maybe you know who knows china still messing around with things and the and the who the world health organization being a terrible organization like it is or i don't know i don't know why but there has been evidence there has been studies that show that at least 25 percent of the total coronavirus deaths are overblown are deaths of people that didn't die because of the coronavirus they just had it at the time of their death and at the very least it's dishonest at the very least, it's causing panic for no reason. At the very least, um, it should it should start opening our eyes to to a lot of the lies about this coronavirus, about this you know COVID nineteen that that is being pushed. Um, uh, it has a it has it has a lower mortality rate than the flu. And the flu is a normal thing that kills, I don't know how many thousand people on a yearly basis. And an economy isn't stopped flat because of it. We're actually on track to have a normal death rate for this year. Like like, like any other year. Even with the coronavirus. Um, you know, and now everyone's like, oh no, there's a second wave because... Uh, you know, there's more cases, more cases are popping up, more people are getting tested, but the more cases shouldn't be the number we're focusing on, Um, because yeah, the cases are going up, but the death rate is going down um, quickly, right, and we're also lumping two coronavirus seasons in one, like, if we're going to break things up like we usually do, like the flu, which we should, the flu's in seasons, and there's a flu season, and it goes off, and you don't recount the same number. Like, you don't keep counting the same number from the previous flu season. But they're doing that with the coronavirus. So, like, they're keeping the same number from before, and they're just running with it forward um, to make it look bigger, to cause more panic, to cause more distress. And if, if you're not saying that there's a purpose behind all this not not necessarily like conspiracy theory and blah 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 but there is a purpose behind it all all of this there's a purpose behind the panic that's being spread um again i don't know i'm not smart enough i'm just some guy but all this is obvious you know the deaths of people that have the coronavirus should not be included with the deaths of people that die because of the coronavirus. Um, some like head CEO of like the largest healthcare company basically said that back when the whole ventilator, th- like everyone was on top of Donald Trump because he wasn't sending any ventilators and oh my God, we need more ventilators. All the politicians were saying, oh, the, do- the hospitals need more ventilators that one CEO of like some big healthcare industry said ventilators aren't even the best way to fight against the coronavirus it's CPAPs um so a lot of this has been politicized for no reason which is another reason why I think they're they're adding numbers when they shouldn't be um 
almost every everyone everyone that dies in a, in a nursing home is added to the coronavirus number even when they died because of pre-existing conditions like the coronavirus didn't kill them they just had it they died because of a heart attack they just happen to have the coronavirus oh, and the coronavirus induced a heart attack no no it didn't <laughs> no it didn't they were gonna die either way And I, and I only smirk and because it's it's such a stupid argument to say that the coronavirus induced a heart attack. No. It was. It didn't. Um, I don't know. Everything. Everything that's happening now is so politicized. And there's a lot of lies that people believe. There's a lot of lies that people believe. Um, uh, growing up Cuban in South Florida... You know, you grew up hearing the atrocities that Fidel Castro and Che Guevara did. Um, and now, li- to live in a, in a world where people my age idolize Che Guevara and, and um, the president of Venezuela and, and Fidel Castro and all these people, it's kind of like, it's, it's very strange because they're just believing the lies that they hear in college believing the, the, the just bull-faced lies that they hear in their college classes without doing a lick of research and the interesting thing is the ones that I have seen that do some some even just a little bit of research they see how stupid that party of theirs is becoming and, and they quickly move over I don't know. I don't know. I, I know what the answer is, but half of y'all wouldn't like it, you know? What's the answer to, to racism? And what's the answer to the coronavirus? And what's the answer to to corrupt politicians? And what's the answer to all this other stuff? And it's simple, man. The problem is that none of that is the question. You're seeking the answer, but none of that is the question. The question and the problem you know, is sin, right? And there's only one answer to sin. And that's Jesus. Um, and we're just going to jump into this next part. Um, and and really, and who is the answer to the problem of sin? And, and this is, you know, week two, part two of what is the gospel. The first week we spoke about, you know, why do we need the gospel? And what is sin? So we explored what sin is. Sin is is this darkness. It's this nature and that runs through every one of us that keeps us separate from God. Sin is these flesh and earthly wants and desires that, that separate us from the holiness and righteousness of the God that created us. That separates us from the relationship we had with Him at one point. Um, Sin is is this thing that corrupts and has corrupted the entire world. And is the reason why we have everything that's negative about this world. Um, so that's sin, and, and we're all sinners. We're all infected with that, right? And, and there's a payment for sin, and that payment is death. And so we all owe that. But God, being the God that he is, the good God that he is, um, the moment, the moment we experience sin, the moment the sin was allowed in, he had the solution. Back in Genesis, when the snake tempts Eve, and she falls, and she eats of the tree, of the fruit of the tree, and then she tempts her husband, and he falls, and he eats from the fruit of the tree, um, and God is surveying the situation and, and giving justice really um, he looks to the serpent and tells the serpent that from the seed of the woman uh, the seed of the woman will stomp on your head um, but you will bite its heel his heel and and that is the answer there, it's, it's very plain it's very there since the beginning since the beginning, God had the answer. And 
that seed of the woman, the descendant of, of, of Adam and Eve that, that was going to stomp on the serpent's heel, but was going to get bit, is the answer to sin. And that is Jesus. So who is Jesus and what did he come to do? Some people would say that Jesus is just a prophet, was just a good man, was just a good teacher. And very simply put, if we really analyze the things Jesus said and the things he did and the things he said about himself, we'll see that there is no option for him other than he was exactly who he said he was or a crazy person. Because to the Jewish people, Jesus very plainly and openly said that he was God. And he challenged them. He called them um, um, bleached gravestones, white on the outside but dead on the inside. Um, Jesus called them hypocrites, and and told people to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Um, Jesus said some weird things. Jesus said that that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, you know, he called himself the, the son of man. And if, if you were in that Jewish culture, you would know that, you know, that, that saying, that title had meaning for, for the future and for their, for their salvation. So, no, Jesus wasn't just a good person or a good prophet. Jesus had to be who he said he was. So, who did Jesus say he was? Who was Jesus? Jesus, very plainly put, is is God the Son, God made flesh. He's God-man. He is the answer to sin. Um, God saw and, and looked upon the earth and didn't see a sacrifice worthy enough um, to pay for the price of humanity's sin. Jesus said, I'll go. So Jesus didn't see um, equality with God as something to hold on to. And he came down and he stepped into time. You know, eternity ditched its rags and no, its, its garments of glory and took on rags of, of, of humanity and eternity and um, f- uh, not eternity the opposite of eternity and death and humanity God became flesh God became man the hands and, and, and the word that created the stars now walked among us As man, but fully God, was born of a virgin to prove who he was. And became a servant. Didn't come as a king triumphantly, but as a baby in a manger. So Jesus came to teach the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God was coming. And the kingdom of God is is this lifestyle, is this lifestyle of, of loving others more than yourself, before yourself, loving your enemies. The kingdom of God is this lifestyle of, of radical love and appreciation and self-sacrifice. And that's what Jesus came to teach. But not just that. You know, Jesus didn't just come to teach this kingdom of God mentality. He did. And he did, he did teach that. But what Jesus came to do was die 
on the cross, die the death that we deserve, the price we deserve to pay for sin, Jesus' main purpose was to come pay that price for us. I like to say if Jesus did nothing else while he was on earth, if Jesus did nothing else but come and die on that cross, he did more than enough because he paid the price of sin. He freed us from the condemnation that we rightfully deserved to give us an open path back to the relationship we needed, back to the relationship we had with the Father. Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the light. No one goes to the Father if not through him. That's what Jesus came to do. I hear a lot, I've, I've heard a lot recently of, of, you know, why did Jesus come and what was Jesus' purpose? And, you know, his purpose was to heal and, and you know, um, to fight for the, for the downtrodden and to, you know, fight for justice and stuff. And he taught justice and he taught love. His purpose was to die on the cross. He cares more about our souls being saved from sin than really anything else. And God cares about justice. The laws of the Old Testament, when you write, when you really look at them and study them in context and without the the, the poisoning of, of, of modern philosophy trying to say otherwise, they're just. God is a God of justice and truth. But Jesus' purpose was dying on that cross for you and for me, for our sins. To save us from the condemnation of sin. To allow us to have a relationship with the God of justice. Because he demanded justice for our sin. See, that's the justice we overlook sometimes. We, We like to talk about, oh God, you know, justice and the downtrodden and very true but what the what the bible is saying that you are the downtrodden i'm the downtrodden we all are when jesus says that he didn't come uh, the the healthy don't need a physician the sick do what he was trying to show people is that we're all sick we're all sinners there is not one that is good so we all need the physician and it was about our sin. It wasn't about social issues. It was about justice for sin. And he came to pay that price of justice so that we had an open way back to the Father. Back to the relationship we originally had with him. To worship him. And live a life pleasing to him. You see, when... We come to Christ and we follow him and he transforms and changes our lives. We live, a, we live a life of justice. We live a life of love. And God in the Bible, Jesus gives us a great commission. And it isn't go through all the world and, and, and preach justice. It's go through all the world and, and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, if we preach justice without the gospel, we're preaching nothing. It's empty. We need to preach the gospel, which is the power of Christ. The power for salvation. And I think that's missed a lot in our modern churches. We preach a lot that God loves you. And and we go to concerts and we go to, you know, popular churches and we preach a lot that God loves you, but there's no change because without the gospel and the understanding that we need to repent and the understanding that God showed his love for you, not by what he does for you now, but what he did for you on the cross. And that requires a response from us. And it's a response of repentance and turning away from our old life and turning away from sin and turning towards Jesus and surrendering our hearts and our lives to him so that we can live a life that is pleasing and agreeable to him so that he can make us clean and so that we can have a relationship with him 
there is no life change. I, I hear a lot about revival, about revival and, and, and revival, and but there's it's focused on miracles. When Jesus, his miracles, the miracles he performed were were literally just to prove his deity. And then the apostles were able to do miracles to prove their authority that they were apostles. And that's about it. I'm not saying with this that I'm a cessationist, that I don't think the gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't active anymore. But those gifts are of the Holy Spirit that he gives to whoever he pleases to edify the church. The main idea and the goal is still the gospel. And what we need is a revival of the gospel. Without that, nothing else comes into line. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will fall into place. If we're not seeking his righteousness, nothing else is going to fall into place. We must first be seeking God and his righteousness and his and, and, and repentance for our sins and the salvation that Jesus provided for us graciously and mercifully on the cross that we did not deserve but he did it anyways because he first loved us that even while we were still sinners he decided to reach out towards us he decided to die on the cross for us God gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life we need to start focusing on the right thing when it comes to God when it comes to the gospel as Christians we need to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that God became flesh, lived among us as fully man and fully God. Lived among us, knew no sin, and died a gruesome death on a cross that we deserved so that we can live a life we could never have in worship to the Father in worship to Jesus in worship to the Holy Spirit surrendered to God and surrendered in love to one another we need to get our focus right real revival will come when we get our focus right when we understand that it's about Jesus it's about the gospel of salvation of Jesus Christ and not about anything else God will heal when we turn from our wicked ways and when we repent. That is when real revival will come. When we start focusing on Jesus again, on his sacrifice on that cross, and we understand miracle or no miracle, spiritual gifts or no spiritual gifts. Jesus is enough. His grace is sufficient. It's that simple. That is what the gospel is. There was a problem, sin, and Jesus is the only solution. We must turn from our wicked ways. We must repent and come to Christ because we are all sinners. We're all sinners. And like I might have brought it up and like I asked. Have you lied before? Have you stolen anything before? Have you had any prideful thoughts in your heart? Have you hated someone before? Have you had any lustful thoughts in your mind before? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, you're telling me that you are a liar, a cheater, a thief. hate in your heart and, and you've had lustful thoughts so no you're not good none of us are good because we've all experienced that type of sin we all need Jesus we all need Jesus there's no one that's good you need Jesus and I'm going to end this one a little bit differently um, I'm going to pray this prayer and if, and if God has touched your heart Pray this prayer with me. It's very simple. 
Pray this prayer with me. This prayer doesn't save. It's your confession and in your heart if you accept and see this prayer for what it is. That will save you. And if you did, please reach out to me on my Twitter. Rudy Garcia. G-V-R-C-I-V. Send me a DM. Let me know that you prayed this prayer. I want to follow up with you. If, if, if God is touching your heart right now, pray this prayer, prayer with me. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. I realize and I acknowledge that I am a sinner. And I thank you for dying and paying the price that I deserve to pay. Help me turn from my wicked ways. Cleanse my heart. Transform me, Father. And help me live a life pleasing and agreeable to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if you prayed that prayer, please reach out to me. I really want to get to know you. I really want to talk to you. I really want to help you um, plug into a local church to, to people that can love on you and see you grow and really um, pour into your heart. Uh, now in this very crucial moment, you know, because that was the prayer of salvation. And if you prayed that with your whole heart and you prayed that earnestly, there is celebration in heaven right now because you just accepted that sacrifice for God, that God, that Christ did on that cross for you. You, you just accepted that and you came into a beautiful family. A beautiful imperfect family now here's the thing christians aren't perfect we are still sinners that we need god daily but we're surrendering to him on a daily basis so that's what you just walked into this life is hard it may be even harder than before but like jesus said in this world you will have trials but take heart for i have overcome the world our savior has overcome the world and he is on our side and he lives and dwells in you right now because of that prayer you just did because of that step you just took reach out to me let me talk to you um i pray you guys have an amazing week um, i pray you guys keep focused on christ and through every struggle that we go through in life i pray you guys see that god is good more more than what you than what you realize god bless you uh, can't wait to talk to you guys next week and 